L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Drafted is a production of Treefort Media, Clutch Sports Group, and iHeartRadio. You're going to Minnesota. Welcome back to Drafted. I'm Steven Johnson. And this is episode eight of season three. Last episode, quarterback Kellen Mond got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings at the top of the third round. Everyone went crazy. So, I mean, it was a phenomenal feeling. And I tell a lot of people that was probably one of the best feelings that I've ever had. Now, the third round continues at the Fitzpatrick Draft Party in Pontiac, Michigan. Receiver Des Fitzpatrick, his parents, Greg and Wendy, and his friends and family all watch as the third round continues. And although 10 receivers were drafted in the first two rounds, none have been selected thus far in round three. Dez's mom, Wendy, describes the mood there as the third round winds down. So Thursday, we knew it was going to be round one or two. You know, we expected that. Again, we were hoping for third and fourth. Third round came. Nothing transpired from that. We were getting a little nervous at that point. By the end of the third round, five more receivers hear their names called. That means five more players get Velcroed up on Greg Fitzpatrick's draft board at the party. And with the draft almost halfway over, exactly 15 of the 30 receiver names Dez and his dad originally laid out are now assigned to teams. While Dez's nameplate still looms large on the adjacent table, here's Dez's dad, Greg, on the situation. So after day two, that night, I was a little worried. I can be honest, I was a little worried. 15 guys had went, and I said, okay, Jesus, I'm getting worried. Because, you know, when day three happens, it's like, he could just start sliding. Like, you just never know what's going to happen. So that night, I couldn't sleep that night. And before I went to bed, I said, you okay, man? He goes, yeah, Dad. I knew it wasn't going to happen. 
And that was the night he invited everyone over. But, you know, I gave a speech at the end of the night and said, hey, everybody, you're more than welcome to come back tomorrow. There'll be plenty of food and spirits tomorrow. So, so you guys, everybody come on back. Rounds four through seven will take place on the third and final day of the draft. And if Dez is feeling any stress or pressure about falling into the later rounds, or possibly even going undrafted, he isn't showing it. However, his parents, Wendy and Greg, can see right through their son's composed facade. I'll say this, Dez sometimes comes across as a robot because he, he kind of protects his emotions when it comes to this stuff because he's been on like this crazy roller coaster, right? So he's been on this incredible roller coaster. So he just tries to stay kind of even, not too high, not too low, no expectations. He's just like, eh, I didn't think it was gonna happen anyway. But I'm laying up, staring at the ceiling all night, man. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, geez, please don't let this thing just go left. He works so hard. I, I, I can't imagine it just going left. What Desmond does, and he's always done this ever since he was little, he tries to to uh, protect his heart. He'll say, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. I don't, it doesn't matter. And then we were constantly, no, Desmond, it's okay. It's like he didn't want to have feelings because now if I have, if I show some type of feelings, now I have, my feelings will be affected by either hurt or mad or sad. And now I don't want to have those feelings. So let me just try to, Black it out like it doesn't exist. Of course, his feelings do exist, and he does care deeply. He just tries to hide it all. Only now that it's Saturday, May 1st, and day three of the 2021 NFL draft is about to begin, his friends and family do wonder, will he be able to maintain this stoic demeanor throughout the final day of the draft? So Saturday, we're like, okay. Okay, so when we got over there, it started at noon. So Desmond leaves to go pick up some friends at the hotel. We're there. We're like, where is Des? Desmond needs to hurry up and get here. Des elaborates on how the morning got messed up. And at that point, the draft started, I think, at 12 on that Saturday. And... I was going to pick up because uh, a couple of my friends were at a nearby uh, hotel, probably 10 minutes away. And I was picking up three of my friends from the hotel and I was about to run out of gas. And, you know, one of the gas pumps said the car didn't work. Obviously my car was working, so I had to go to another one. We had to stop like two different times to get gas. So this is, we're, we're starting to run a little late now. And it was just a whole ordeal. And you know, my friends are in the car with me and my phone starts ringing. Oh, hello? Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey buddy, it's John Roberts. I'm the GM here with the Tennessee Titans. How are you? I'm doing well, Coach. How you doing? I'm doing outstanding. Congratulations, we're about to make you a Tennessee Titan. <laughs> I appreciate it so much, Coach. Thank you so much, Coach. I, I, know, I, I know you've got some good discussions with us. Um, yes, sir, of course. I appreciate it so much, Coach. Thank you so much. Okay, Dennis. Hey, listen, I'm going to let you talk to our, uh, our head coach, Mike Rabel, and you to welcome to the team. Des Fitzpatrick may have just become the first person in NFL history to be drafted while driving a car. 
So, as Dez tries to focus on the road, his new head coach, Mike Vrabel, gets on the call. Hey, Dez. How you doing, coach? I'm doing great, man. Congratulations. I'm We're excited. And uh, John, John, what a job. Whatever we got you. We want to trade for you. And uh, we're happy to have you. Coach, I appreciate it so much, Coach. You know I'm going to do everything in my power to work hard and make sure that you made a great decision, Coach. I know, I know you are, man. I know you are. We love what you're about. And uh, we're excited to work with you. Okay, buddy. We have a lot of people reaching out to you today. I'll be texting you. Of course. I appreciate it again, Coach. <laughs> Thank you so much. The Titans' general manager gets back on the call. Go celebrate with your fan, man. Uh, I tell you, we, we, we finished the draft last night, and uh, I was looking at your card, and I was like, we got to find a way to get up and get this. Um, coach, you spoke highly of and raved about your work ethic, and that's what we're about here. Okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to live up to that. Can't wait to be a fan, Coach. All right, Dez. We'll see you, buddy. Yes, sir, Coach. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Those were Dez's friends screaming as they got out of the car in front of his dad's house. Here's Dez trying to make sense of being drafted by the Tennessee Titans in the fourth round while driving to his own draft party. When I hung up the phone before I pulled up to my house, I was thinking like, okay, I don't know what pick they're on on the TV, so I have to make it home fast. So I was going like 70 down the street trying to make it home fast and everything. Because I'm trying to think, you know, nobody in the house knows. Like the other 30 people in the house don't know anything yet. His parents and all his other friends and family inside have no idea any of this has happened. So now, Dez opens the door and enters his draft party with the biggest secret possible. Everybody chill. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's that's Dez's dad, Greg, in the background, talking about how one of Dez's former coaches might be getting some inside information about when and where Dez will be drafted. Oh, he said, he said, that's the word. Uh-oh. I mean, when did I get the call already? No. I just told Coach, I mean, well, I know he just, he just, Coach, Coach Bruce just said, that's the word. I'm just telling him, don't mess with my emotions, man. <laughs> Greg received a text message from the former coach that claims Dez is about to be drafted soon. So Dez counters that he would have gotten a call from a team by now if that were true. So the rumor can't be real. The pick is announced, and everyone in the living room leaps up off the couches in shock. Everyone except Dez and his friends who were in the car earlier, of course. Here are Dez and his parents on that moment. My dad said I had a great poker face. Like, he didn't know at all this was coming up. And 
You know, they said, you know, the pick is in, and with the 109th pick, you know, the Tennessee Titans select Des Fitzpatrick, and everybody was like, oh my. And it you know, starts going crazy, starts screaming, jumping up and down, and they're like, did they even call you? And I was like, yeah, they called me like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, it can't be the Titans, because he would have gotten a call by now, and they're on the clock, and they only got, you know, a few minutes. And the next thing you know, they pick Des, and the whole house just erupts. There's tears everywhere. We just all jumped up, all of the family and friends. At the time, still not knowing that Desmond and his friends already knew, but we all jumped up and we just, tears just start just flowing. We're all just started hugging. We're all just kind of bogarted and just pounced on Desmond and just giving him hugs and kisses and crying at the same time, all of us. And it was just, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. It was just awesome. It was just awesome. That was a moment I won't ever forget. We'll be right back. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Kellen Mond and Desmond Fitzpatrick are officially professional football players. They were drafted in the third and fourth rounds by the Minnesota Vikings and the Tennessee Titans. That leaves us with our final two players in this season of drafted. Linebacker Hamaka Rashid Jr. and cornerback Cameron Bynum, who is currently on his way to a cabin in Big Bear, California. So for the draft, we'll be in Big Bear, California. We rented a cabin right off the lake. This is Cam Bynum. I had a lot of family from the Bay Area, some of my Southern California family, and then a bunch of my teammates. Cam is a Southern California native, so he and his family arrive at their rented lake house in just under two hours. And the party starts almost immediately. So we just got to the cabin. We're unloading everything. And now... 
Now we're starstruck because this place, this cabin mansion is crazy. Who are you talking to? My mic. All right, so I'm in here with all my, all my siblings, all five of them. We have a noisy house. We have three dogs, five kids, two parents. My aunt is over. This is for Cameron's autobiography. Come here, Kaya. Just like Dez, Kellen, Devante, and most other players in the draft, making it to the NFL has been a lifelong dream for Cam. The difference is, is that his dream always seemed more like a fantasy than a real possibility. Even since I was a kid, obviously it's super cliche when people talk about, yeah, people ask me what I wanted to do. I said NFL and they said, well, you gotta have a backup plan. That's the story for all of us, but now it's, it's, it's way sweeter knowing that at a point I wasn't super good at football. That's what makes Cam's journey especially unique. For most of his childhood, and even as a young adult, he was actually pretty bad at football. Here's his trainer, Coach Anthony Brown, describing the first time he saw Cam play. He was a sophomore going into his junior season. We was at one of our tournaments, and he had a, a very, very bad day that day. I want to say he gave about five touchdowns that day. Yeah, it was, it was a long day for the kid. Cam was getting beat on the field for a number of reasons. He hadn't been taught the technique needed to play his position. He didn't have a dad like Greg Fitzpatrick drilling him on the finer points of playing receiver when he was a little kid. And that's normal, because most dads aren't able to teach their nine-year-olds what they learn from practicing with Jerry Rice. However, there was another reason Cam kept getting beat over and over again for touchdowns. All the other players were a lot bigger than him. Here's Coach Brown on what he saw that day. Now, I've been doing this for years. You know, defensive backs are looking like they're about six feet, you know, 190. So I have this kid going into his junior season at Corona Centennial, 5'8", 145. It's like, well, how are we going to get the job done? Cam was going into his junior year at Corona Centennial High School, and he still hadn't hit a growth spurt or learned the finer points of playing cornerback. It was at that moment his childhood dream of becoming an NFL player looked utterly impossible. But growth often comes from life's toughest struggles and failures. And that day where Cam gave up touchdown after touchdown changed everything for him. Now as he waits for the NFL draft to begin, Cam talks about this exact moment with some friends and family. What would you say, what's my, what was my... Well, yeah, what was your, the turning point in your career with, like, made you realize you were soft and you needed to, like, catch up to everyone else? <laughs> no, my catch-up moment was, uh, I was already on ground zero, did a couple tournaments, I was, I was surviving. I was just out there surviving. I was getting long I've, I always, Yeah, I always worked, but that training wasn't, it was just busy work, just getting tired, getting in shape, not doing actual DB work. Cam was lifting weights and running, but no one was coaching him on the details of how to play defensive back. So one, one tournament, May 10th, 20, 2014. I didn't know the exact 2014. You remember stuff like that. I remember that stuff. May 10th, 2014. What? Long Beach City College tournament, gridiron tournament. I'm over, oh, I'm over here getting, I'm getting popped for six, at least three touchdowns a game. And Brown will not take me out the game. And then I was just looking at him like, you know that look, you just like, nah, I can't do anything about this coach. They take me deep every play. 
Brown is Coach Anthony Brown, who we heard from a minute ago. He was coaching Cam's team in that weekend tournament. And despite the fact that Cam was getting beat deep over and over, Coach Brown wouldn't take him out of the game. I was just looking at him. He would not take me out. He's like, no, you're going you're gonna to figure this out. And then I don't even want to look at him. He's calling me chicken. He's just calling me, like, just breaking me down mentally. And he was like, I need to see you this week, Monday, 5 a.m., Vernola Park. <laughs> Said that, went up to dad, and dad was like, yep, he's there. And I was, I was sick in my head, but I knew I needed it. And I was like, dang, I got to really work with this dude. So I went, and that was, that was history. And yeah, Brown believed in me. After that brutal weekend in the seven-on-seven tournament, Cam signed up to train with Coach Brown every morning at 5 a.m. It was a commitment the whole family would be making. Cam's father, Curtis, explains their decision. You know, you hear a lot of stories where parents kind of drug their kids, hey, we want you to do this. This was always what he wanted to do. And not once where I can remember we had to pull him out of bed or force him to go, he wanted to go. And it was times where, you know, I was working so much at the time, so my wife did a lot of transporting back and forth and things like that, but not once did she ever tell me, hey, he didn't want to go today. You know, he didn't feel like training. This was all, this was his dream. This was all him. Cam loved football and was willing to work incredibly hard, which made his struggles even more puzzling. By the time he made it to his sophomore year, he just hadn't improved as much as he should have. Sophomore year of high school, I was trash at football. Fifth string on JV. A lot of my friends, obviously, once starting a varsity, getting offers already. Most people that, that are getting drafted, that's that's their story about when they're in high school. They're always the guys since freshman year, always the, the best one on the team. But for me, that wasn't the case. If you listen to season one of Drafted, you might remember Ohio State star cornerback Jeff Okuda. He plays the same position as Cam. And by the end of his sophomore year in high school, he had received dozens of scholarship offers from almost every top program in the country. At that same point, Cam was backing up the backup for the third stringer on the junior varsity team. When I was fifth string on JV, the first thing I did was like, okay, I need to I need to work and get my way get my way out this hole. And so the best thing I did was find a coach that really put the time into me, really invested into my future, trying to teach me the real, the real details of football, not just the coach out there doing busy work, just getting me tired of stuff. He really taught me the game, just being becoming a technician. I never was the most athletic, biggest, fastest, or strongest, especially back then. I was tiny, like super undersized. But as soon as I started learning the game, becoming a technician and putting that time in, knowing that, I put more time and and separate myself with the amount of work I put in. I somehow get better than somebody. So that that kept going throughout the whole year, my whole career. Even when I got to college, still doing those crazy hours, still putting in extra hours more than anybody. Went a whole year without missing a day of doing extra work. So that's that's really been the whole story of my entire career. Just put in the extra work. Know that okay, I might be behind on some things, but I'm separate myself with the details. And just how much extra work is Cam talking about? Throughout the week, it was before school. Go there where start workout starts at five. So because we had to start school at what seven thirty back then. So 
we have to do that right before school. I obviously have practice lifting during school at the right after school, another practice on the field at, at the high school. And then right back at five o'clock, we're back up at the facility doing our speed work, doing our lifting and one more DB workout. So it was, it was at least what, 14 hours a day of just from the time you wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm not getting home until seven at night um, after my last workout, then I'd have to do homework and then right back. And that was, that was basically my whole routine. Even with Cam working 14 hours a day on football, Coach Brown knew the daunting odds they faced. Basically, I'm, I'm scratching my head like, wow. We mentioned NFL, but at the time, we were just mentioning trying to just get him on track to be a football player. You know, because he had the ambition, he had the motivation, he had the heart and the worth ethic. But looking at him, the skill set by eyes wasn't there and everything else. So the first few sessions with Cam, it, it was two left feet. <laughs> two left feet, you know. He couldn't do the drills. It, it was really no rhythm at all. And my daughter's in the car watching us. And as I'm finishing up the session with him, so we're getting the car. And she, first things out of my daughter's mouth is like, Dad, why are you training this kid, Cam? You know, Dad, he's not a football player. And I had to tell my daughter, I say, baby, as long as he keeps showing up to his training sessions, we're going to keep showing up to the training session. When you get a kid that believes in himself, I couldn't tell the kid, no, I didn't want to be that, that guy saying, kid, football is not your sport. So as he showed up, I showed up. We'll be right back. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. Basic.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Coach Brown needed to figure out how to turn his sophomore cornerback, giving up multiple touchdowns a game, into a high school starter. And he needed to build a foundation where Cam could continue to grow into a college player. 
and maybe even one day into an NFL defensive back. But the million-dollar question was, how? So one of the things was we never had a football. I never trained camp with a football. So it's one of these things as a parent, you're looking like, okay, who is this man and, and what is he really doing? Because none of the things we were doing looked like it was football-related. You know, we started from the ground up, so we had to actually build the coordination, eye placement, you know, build the rhythm in his feet and things like that, you know, the big total power with inside arch, so he can move, with, you know, consistently with a, with a smooth rhythm. Scouts often say the best cornerbacks never look out of control or out of position. They describe them as smooth and fluid. They can turn and run with receivers without losing any speed. They always know where the ball is. They anticipate where the receiver is going. That's the kind of work Cam and Coach Brown put in, morning after morning, week after week, without ever touching a football. It was reminiscent of Daniel LaRusso learning karate by waxing Mr. Miyagi's car and painting his fence over and over again, instead of sparring with the kids in Cobra Kai. And like the karate kid, Cam and his parents couldn't help but question the process at times. But as the weeks went by, Cam's parents began to notice a difference in their son. Over time, you saw the progression he was making, like he was getting better. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, let's continue to do this. That hard work and that discipline, no matter whether it's pro football or anything in life, that translates everywhere. And everyone respects hard work. Whatever Coach Brown saw in Cam over those weeks, whatever progress he made or bond they built, he also felt that he couldn't let his young cornerback down. I've been in coaching 25 years plus. Started at the youth level, did high school. But it was was more so of a resume of intervention, loving the kids. I've been an officer for 28 years. So my, my background is serving the people who need to be served. Coach Brown is also a veteran police officer in Southern California, in addition to working as a football coach and trainer. I understood that camp came first. So it wasn't about me playing in the NFL. It wasn't about my college career. It wasn't about my high school career. It was about putting everything I could put into this kid to where he can have what I didn't have. And even though Cam still hadn't started a game for the varsity team at his high school, he was already working toward his next goal, getting an offer to play in college. Cam and his parents explain. I've always wanted to go to the Bay Area. My family's out there. So Stanford and Cal are always my two main ones. Um, Stanford was my dream school. We went up to their junior days, and this was before they even weren't even thinking about Cam. We would just go to their junior days. That's Cam's mom, Jennifer. Just trying to get their name out there, filling out their little questionnaire things um, before they actually acknowledged them. Yeah, I was pretty so, thirsty for the DM. I was yeah. in the D- every coach's DMs, <laughs> hit up the grad assistant, like, what's up, coach? Is there anything I can do to, to maybe get huddle. you guys' radars? <laughs> yeah, sending my links, sending workout videos, sending... I mean, we made a seven-on-seven highlight tape just, <laughs> just for something because I was like, I need, I need to get seen. In episode two, we heard about how Alabama coach Nick Saban flew to Pensacola, Florida and personally showed up at Alex Leatherwood's high school to recruit him. 
Sometimes entire teams of coaches will make recruiting trips to convince a player to come to their school. By the time Cam's junior year started, he was the one recruiting college coaches instead of the other way around. He would text and email them, sending highlights from seven-on-seven tournaments since he didn't have high school game footage yet. Once I started training in that offseason after my sophomore season, that's when I started, I went in up going to the camps and I got an offer from Cal Poly Slow at a camp just because I bought out without any varsity tape. So that, that's when I started reaching out to schools. Okay, I can, I can go to camps and I can do well now and I can have something to vouch for me with some film from a camp or something. So that's when I started filling out those questionnaires, hitting up coaches, um, say, yeah, I just got my first offer. Check me out, blah, 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 all, all that stuff. Just in every single coach's DMs, sending emails, begging players for coaches' numbers. Cam would ask other players at camps for the coaches' cell phone numbers and then would text and cold call the coaches. He'd tell them all about his offer from Cal Poly, using it as a part of his pitch on why they should consider him. Here are his parents, Curtis and Jennifer, once again. He was very proactive in reaching out to coaches. And then I kept the business card. We had spring showcases, and I, I always made it a, a point to work the table where the coaches have to see me first. And then I would, you know, network with them, tell them who my son is on the side and get a business card. His mom was running an equally aggressive recruiting campaign. And then that helped. I just found that notebook. It was a binder that I created and had it all organized, put all their business cards and had a little Sharpie who we reached out to, when Cam, like, messaged them. What was the correspondence? You know, what was the feedback? And just always make sure he followed up and reaching out to all those coaches. Yeah, she would sit at the transcript table with they, if they're, they're interested in a, in a player, they got to go ask for the transcript. So, of course, she was working that table. Like, oh, here, take this and slide my transcripts in there. <laughs> just, doing, just doing the extras. That's, that's the whole, just extra with the coaches. They would always say, okay, can I have a player between 3.5 GPA to 4.0? <laughs> but yeah, I, I would I would slide his. And then the, the GPA really made a huge difference. So it, was, it was probably annoying to them, but... At the end of at the end of my junior season, that's when they started coming around, and they ended up coming to one of my playoff games at the end of that year. So all that reaching out and all that stuff helped, especially once I was able to start my junior season. Cam's college pursuit turned into the family business. He would recruit coaches, while his mom worked the relationship management angle, and almost all of this took place before he ever started a game for the high school varsity team. Then, Cam's next step was his social media marketing campaign. When I was going through the process, talking to Stanford a lot more than I was Cal, so I just put all my eggs in that basket for Stanford, so added my two AP classes I needed, just trying to do everything just to be able to get into school. Uh, so one day, my recruitment was picking up. One day, I took a visit up to Stanford. I posted on social media, and as soon as, soon as I posted it, coach calls and says, hey, we're going to offer you. And I'm like, wow, it's crazy how that works. I post, post that I'm up at Stanford and now, now you guys want to talk. So we started, I started talking to both of them and took, ended up taking the SAT twice trying to get into Stanford because you have to actually get in as a regular student. And so you needed a certain amount in every section of your SAT. And I took it twice, wasn't able to get it on one section. So I was like, all right, I'm Cal. I was super glad I did it. Cal's best, best decision I've ever made. 
Coach Brown watched as Cam used the Cal Poly offer to leverage Stanford to then get Cal Berkeley interested. You get a Cal Poly offer, you know you're better than that. The writers are not writing about you, so what do you have to do? He did the reverse psychology. You know, he created his own recruiting buzz between the schools that he thought was going to be attractive to him to actually go to. He used social media to wake up Cal Berkeley to come over and take a, a good look at him. And when they seen the look, they bid on it. <laughs> they bid on it, and it, it worked. It was, it was a genius move on his part. His parents were equally impressed with just how enterprising and zealous their son was at every step in his journey. Looking back, this is a story you can tell later. You know, years down the road, other people like, look what I did, look at my struggle. And now, you know, I'm in, in the NFL. And, you know, he's, like he said, he started off a fifth string JV player. And the journey's just been great. So to me, it was all worth it. It yeah. all paid off. And it was like, you know, it taught him a lesson too, like networking at an early age. Yes. You know, you know, the young kids don't like to do that these days. It's like, no, you, you need to follow up, follow through, network. Whenever you meet someone, shake their hand, build a connection, build that network. And by him... DMing all these coaches and, and just reaching out and, you know, just trying to get them exposed. All that networking, training, practice, and hard work transformed Cam from fifth string JV to first team all Pac-12. He became the team captain at Cal Berkeley. And now he's sitting in a huge lake house with his friends and family, watching the 2021 NFL Draft waiting for his future coaches to finally call him this time around. Here's Coach Brown once again. He wasn't a five-star. He wasn't highly recruited. He didn't have multiple offers. So now, guess what it does? It brings dreams back to the normal kid that is being looked over. Because, you know, when you look at college, when you look at the NFL, it's always the university it is. So kids automatically assume, assume that you have to take this one particular route to get there. But it is a street called Count Bynum that you can take. And you can end up there also, you know. And I think it's a lot of kids that are understanding it's a street with their name on it. You know, and that's the blessing of it all that sitting back that, hey, there's more than one street to get to the NFL. Next, I'm drafted. Now that it's like literally less than a day away, it's kind of starting to get surreal. It's finally starting to get real for me. To buckle down and get straight A's to qualify. He's like, I know you do it. I'm training my butt off at home, working out with two coaches, going to two places just to be safe. It was a trying time for all of us. We had just went through a family breakup and, you know, we just had to be strong. He's like, you just popped for COVID. You just positive. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you need to go home right now. Like, right now. And I'm walking home and didn't leave my house since then for 14 days. So we just had to keep encouraging him and until he can figure this part out. Drafted is a production of Treefort Media, Clutch Sports Group, and iHeartRadio. The executive producers are Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, Eric Salat, Eric Weiner, and Sean Tatone. The series is produced and written by Eric Weiner. Garmay Mamalu is our coordinating producer. Coral Silverberg is our associate producer. 
Tom Monahan is our senior audio engineer. The show is mixed, edited, and hosted by me, Stephen Johnson. Additional production help from Tim Schauer and Haley Mandelberg. For transcripts of the show and more information on Drafted, go to treefort.fm. And for more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.